Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Travancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks, a split party explores Waterdeep. Bernie finds a gnomish enclave where she prays to her goddess, finds absolution, and maybe darker tidings. Jonathan hears the full pitch for joining the watchful order of magus and protectors. Carlton and Travancore ask around for jobs. And here's from a Traven patron, a tavern patron, about trouble in a nearby forest. A then the party reforms <laughs> and decide on what to do next. And that's where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. I'm already your tired DM, Lauren, aka Obocrazy. I just got done with a weekend spent at Pax West, and so I thought I'd bring something uh, very apropos for those who have ever been to Pax Prime or Pax West. You know, the bottom floor of the convention center, there was a very nice fast food-ish type place that serves all natural things. It's relatively decent prices and very healthy for what to get in the convention center. But what they do sell is something crazy called Pax Crack. Pax Crack is disgusting. Uh, let me read the ingredients to you. <clears throat> Ginger, lemon, chlorophyll, vitamin B12, vitamin C, mint, agave, cayenne, alkaline water, kumbacha, and wheatgrass. Oh my god, you're drinking a living organism. I am I am drinking basically cayenne pepper and craziness, but I added a little bit of rum, and so it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> uh, Carlton, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a very tall screwdriver because orange juice was on sale. <laughs> I like how my explanation is like 10 miles long and yours is like orange juice. It's, a, it's orange juice and vodka. I mean, it's a screwdriver. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. See, there was a there was a, a thing with like there was an overproduction of oranges. So we've had to squeeze down the juice into this uh, drinkable form in order to keep the oranges from overpopulating. Actually, all the orange trees are dying. Why, why you got to bring our playing. alcohol down, Bernie? Well, Bernie, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Lone Rider Brewery Shock and Betty. It's so good. Whamalam. I'm sorry, that's Black Betty. Whamalam. I can't help it. Uh, Travancore, <laughs> what are you drinking? Hello, enablers. So the Viceroy learned something today. Uh, did you know a Long Island iced tea does not actually contain iced tea? No, it doesn't. I looked up the not recipe if it's done right. after the fact, which is probably, in <laughs> retrospect, not the best move. Oh, so God. whatever this is, it <laughs> contains uh, iced tea, uh, vodka, rum... Gin, triple sec, and uh, white tequila. Tequila. Did you just throw every liquor you had in your house? You're into supposed to have five liquors tea? in a Long Island iced tea. Yeah. So, but this is not a Long Island iced tea because there's iced I tea in it. I don't know if it's necessarily those five. I don't know liquors. what it is, but I I kind of want one. Your mileage may vary. You're gonna <laughs> die tonight. I heard like 98%. <laughs> And Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular tonight. I am once again drinking a brew from Coop Aleworks here in Oklahoma City. It is their Spicy Hawaiian, the pineapple and habanero brew that they have that is delicious. I'm also mm. drinking it out of a Canadian beer uh, pint glass. And and I have one more piece of thematic equipment, my t-shirt. Uh-oh. 
I cast magic missile. Very nice. And deal 1d4 plus 1 damage. <laughs> but but three times. But in my case, three times, yes. Gentlemen and ladies, you have gathered together in a tavern. You've filled each other with stories of your adventures for the day. You have uh, had drinks and food. And you have a dog and a bear and an owl and a bag that makes furry animals. What would you like to do next? Well, I believe we were going to go check out a haunted forest. Yeah, but what time is it? I mean, we can wait until tomorrow. We don't have to go marching out right after lunch. I like, just don't think you should go into a haunted forest, like, after dark as, like, your first haunted forest experience. Like, I, every single, like, sort of scared movie I've seen has told me Listen, that you don't just dip a toe and you gotta dive head first. No, you can dip that toe. That's why there are steps in the two foot. Nope, you gotta d- j- dive head first. Or cannibal. You can cannibal if no, you want. No, no, I've taken life-saving. It is really preferred that if you don't know how to swim in the scary forest that you go in through the steps. Sink or swim. Sink or swim. That's all you gotta do. That's not how this works. It's, it's not how any of this works. How I, I learned to swim. What time is it, Lauren, in this world? It is currently just about dinner time. You're talking about 4.35 o'clock. Because it is getting on into the winter months, it, the sun is already starting to set. You guys are deep in the middle of, of, of a very large city. And none of you are incredibly familiar with this so-called haunted forest, ex- except for Carlton. And so, Carlton, I'd like you to roll me a history check. Oh, history. great. I'm great at intelligence. Can I do it with advantage? Carlton. Uh, no, you then just I get know. to roll it. I I roll a four. Okay. <laughs> it's full of trees. <laughs> so yeah, there's these trees, and there's wolves, and sometimes dwarves come in, uh, and sometimes there's orcs, uh, and there's like this really cool like dead castle thing. I think they're called R- Ryan's. Uh, but yeah. You know it's north. <laughs> oh, great. And you know it took, you seem to remember it took a couple of days when you left the forest to get to this general area, but wow, that was a while ago, and that way you—you've grown since then. I have. I want to look over at Travancore and be like, "Were you with him when he found about this forest?" I was, but back home we have a rule that says you don't spend the night in the enchanted forest. I don't know. If I that you have like to... that rule. Do you That's have a, a similar rule, rule here in, in in this place? I think we just blanket apply that rule. You seem to have a long-lived family who probably spent a lot of time not sleeping in haunted forests. I like that rule. I do think, all right, if we don't go in the haunted forest, we should throw down our portal, but we should do it outside town, like in between town and forest, because people could come into our house if we do it in the city. What if we rented a room? And through yeah, the portal I, I in the room and the door. I believe that we are, that the portal is not working at the moment. Like, we. Oh, get, right. It, we, 24 hours. So we have to, right. we have to get a house. We have right. to get an inn. Are we all going to sleep together? I'm going to go back and ask this nice old gnome lady if I can spend the night at her house. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's see if we can get accommodations with each other and just so that we're all together. But yeah, I think at first light we go out to the, and check out that forest, not during the night when essentially we're in the bad guy's like house and their preferred time of day. Because I don't want to get eaten. I don't want to get eaten. I don't want to get eaten. I'd like to eat dinner if we're talking about eating. I could eat. I'm hungry. Hot dog. 
Well, you guys, uh, you do know the inn that you were at before that you were talking to the ranger that you met, the elven ranger who told you about some of the crazy shit going on in the Crypt Garden Forest was back at the other tavern that you were in, the Golden Rock Tavern. And that tavern not only seemed to have a bunch of tables available, but they did offer rooms for rent. Works for me. Sounds good. I had a nice atmosphere. You head back on over there. Um, by the time you get there, it's filled up a little bit more since it is dinner time now. The elf that you guys talked to before doesn't seem to be anywhere in the main bar anymore. But uh, Gestock, the actual barkeep, recognizes you. And he kind of waves to you and he keeps an eye on you as you enter because... The last time, you kind of almost left without paying. You what? Nothing. We paid him, and not only did we pay him, we gave him some extra for his trouble. So I think it was swearing. Eventually. Why is it that every time we do anything with Carlton, paying involves extra for your trouble? (laughs) Because I'm a chaotic, neutral barbarian. (laughs) Would you you like to order some food and drink and talk to anybody, or are you just going to hang out and be embarrassed? I think we order food. I think embarrassed is just a general feeling at this point. I want to eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow, we live. <laughs> All right, you guys grab seats. You order some food and drink. They don't have much on the menu. It does seem to be kind of uh, just a beef stew night, but it's hearty and thick and comes in giant bowls that even uh, Carlton can appreciate. And when Gestock comes on over to deliver the, the, the meals for the night, uh, you can ask him about renting a room. Yep, we ask him about the rooms available this evening. Oh, I've got, I've got two rooms available if you want upstairs. I've only got a couple, but I've got two if you like them to be yours. I'm assuming since... There seem to be a couple more of you than the last time you were in here. I'm assuming the, the lady probably doesn't want to be staying with the rest of you smelly ruffians. I will have you know that I smell of arcane might and lilac. You know what? Arcane might is a wizard's word for sweat. So sweat and lilacs, <laughs> but yes. It's a musky arcane scent. It's a very musky arcane scent. He needs to use some old arcana deodorant um no just deodorant that that's a thought we can all have <laughs> you can think about deodorant all you want it does not exist in Faerun. but could that be a quest <laughs> a quest for for the alchemy ingredients for yes you could we can talk about that quest at a later date for the moment uh if you guys are looking for a room for the night gestock has some hey, gestock do you guys carry sorcerer sweat? <sighs> when you ask about um, sorcerer sweat, he gives you a look and says, eh, "I've only heard of that in tales. I didn't think that actually existed." I'll never find sorcerer sweat. It's a real thing. He grew a beard of feathers. I turned into a potted plant. You True could story. just lick Jonathan. Potted plant, huh? Yeah, it happens. All right. Well, if you say so. But doesn't sound like the kind of stuff that I want to carry around here. Fair point. We'll take the rooms. Also dinner. Wait, we paid. Did we pay for dinner? Uh, you did not. 
But as you mentioned this, he says, well, dinner and breakfast come with the room. It's four gold pieces per room per night. So be eight for the two if you want both of them. Do you want both of them? Yes, we want we both can, of them. The four of us How can many fit in one. beds are in the rooms? There are two beds. When you go upstairs, he kind of shows you they're very modest rooms, small. It's basically just beds and sheets and towels for the privy out back. And but they seem to be fairly clean. And there's two beds in each room. There are two beds in each room. Yes, we are taking two rooms. I don't know what kind of crazy person thinks I'm going to snuggle up with you guys. Carlton, they are human-sized beds. All right, so basically my like legs stick off the edge of them. That's kind of. Gestock looks at Travancore and then kind of a skin at Shadow and says, Um, I'm not going to really have a bed for the bear, but he, he can stay... He can stay in the stables for free if he wants, or if he's just going to sit on the floor, I guess. I don't know. Well, the stables can be satisfactory, or if you don't mind him being on the floor at the bed, he, he doesn't mind sleeping on the floor. Isn't that right, Shadow? Shadow has just kind of curled up next to your chair. You've He's been tired from running around in Waterdeep all day. This has been a big city, and he kind of opens half an eye at you and then kind of just goes back. Gestoc gives him a look and says, just no pooping on the floor. That's fair. He's He's trained. Sir, we cannot promise that. There will be a fee if I find poop on the floor in the morning. Good thing I'm not sharing a room with Sa- Shadow. All right, I'll uh, I'll cover it for our, our, our group. I'll, I'll pay him the eight gold. All right. He takes that and uh, happily goes off, giving you, leaving you two brass keys to rooms that are upstairs on the second floor. All right. You guys want to head up or anything else you want to do? What time is it? It's like five o'clock. Yeah, it's it's dinner-ish time. You guys have just, just sat down, been served some food. Yeah, so if you want to make a rest for the night and just kind of hang out and then leave in the morning, uh, you can leave now if you really want to. Although you did just pay for some rooms, so yeah. that'd be weird. Well, let's actually, I want to see what I can hear around this. Uh, I want to eavesdrop a little bit. I want to try and see what I can hear uh, as far as the conversations going around in, in the bar right now. Just out of curiosity. Okay. Go ahead and roll a perception check. You got it. And I'm assuming you're 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 trying to do this on the sly. Yeah, yeah, on the DL. Okay. Who's in here? Can we? Is that what he's perceiving? We can find out how many people are hanging out in the common room. Yeah. Uh, well, just a casual look around, especially as you guys entered, you could see there's probably about twenty five, twenty seven random patrons in pairs, threes, a couple singles. Most of them seem to be working folk. Most of them seem to be blacksmiths, armors, leatherers, kind of more rough and tumble folk. Uh, you see a couple of men and women enter who their clothing is pretty cut up and torn and are carrying woodsman's axes. Uh, this seems to be a place that is for the, the more blue collar working class crowd. And... It doesn't get rowdy. There's actually not like a bard playing or anything. There just seems to be kind of a a very relaxed atmosphere. A you know, there's talking and and jivality and people are enjoying themselves, but it's a very relaxed kind of jivality and you, you do get the sense without without really looking around too much. This is a place people come to unwind after a hard day, but not necessarily to wear themselves out. Got it. Uh what was your role, Travancore? 16. Next to you are a pair of blacksmiths. Both of them are dwarves, and they're talking to each other in dwarvish. Do you speak dwarvish? I do not. I do. Okay. Carlton, you do not hear this. I mean, you can hear them speaking to you, but all you just kind of hear is kind of the wash of the room. You do hear behind you two people actually speaking in common. You recognize a man and a woman by 
the voice and they're talking about the events of the day one is bemoaning the fact that they can't seem to find a a decent decent fresh fish in town that the fish all seem to have gone bad recently and they have to wait for the next the next cycle of ships to come on in and then the other is complaining that she's got to get home to her husband and her kids but she needs just one more beer you listen around a little bit more it's just general end of the day work talk it's it's nothing really that interesting and yet kind of interesting because those the little things are what make up life see it wasn't important go ahead <laughs> um i'm going to do a perception check i've had a 17 to see if there's anybody who looks interesting and in playing interested in playing bridge and gossiping okay with a 17 what kind of person are you looking for not somebody who's playing for money but somebody who wants to sit around and play cards and talk shit Okay. You don't see anyone actually playing cards. You do notice that most of the people who are uh, by themselves have seemed to have made their way to the bar to sit at the bar and eat. They're not taking up any of the tables. Those people are either being very obvious, don't talk to me, I don't want to deal with your shit right now, or they're engaging with the people around them. They're engaging with the bartender. They seem to be open to conversation. And you get the sense you'd probably have an easier time finding someone outside of your little group to chat with uh, amongst the, the actual people right at the bar. Okay, I want to go up to the people at the bar and I want to identify people who like don't give off the like fuck off vibe. And I want to go okay. sit next to them and grab a drink. All right, you saddle up to the bar and you can quickly find there's a woman who uh, seems to be one of the, the woodcutters that came in with the uh, that group. She's Good. placed her, her axe next to her stool and uh, she's been kind of amicably chatting with the barkeep as she gets her food. People who've been coming up to the bar to order drinks to leave, she's been saying hi. She's been, you know basically open to conversation from what you can see and as you approach and climb up onto the stool as you're used to doing in the big person world she looks over at you and she says i'd offer you a hand but i I feel like that'd be an insult oh no it's cool i got this i do a lot of climbing on bar stools and asking for booster seats which surprisingly in big cities they don't really have in bars i get the whole don't bring your toddler into a bar thing but you know it would help right yeah, definitely. Although the most of the other gnomes in this town, they 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 don't come out of their that little that little enclave that they got down there. So you know, maybe oh, they man. just don't have a call for it. Yeah, I feel like there's probably a gnome bar down there. But last time I went down there, all of the little kids climbed all over my dog, and he really enjoyed it. And I have a feeling next time I go down there, he's never gonna want to leave. And at this point, she looks behind you because you've climbed off of Cuckoo Snoot to get onto the bar stool. He's obediently done his sit and lay down next to next to the stool, and she looks down and she's pat him on the head. She she gives him a look, and then she laughs a little bit under under her breath, and she says, "Ah, you talked with Norlax then." Norlax. Yeah, the he sells the riding dogs and the hunting dogs oh. and all the the dog dogs. Oh, this was a gift from one of my friends. A gift? Yeah. Ah, got yourself a good friend there. You you keep whoever gave you that dog. Those things are not cheap. I think he was mostly tired of me riding in a basket on his shoulders. That can happen. Yeah. Are you he the chatty sort? He did. I mean, he's chatty. I mean, in his own special way. Love for not carrying you. 
I he also wouldn't let me put a bridle on him when I rode so I could steer where he was going. Yeah. Mm. Only we could do that to more men these days, right? Exactly. Anyway, the woman uh, wipes her hands. She's been eating kind of the, the stew that's the, the nightly special around here. She wipes her hands on a, a cloth and kind of cleans up as best she can, although you can see she's she's pretty dirty and kind of wet from being out in the snow, and holds out a hand to you and says, Antala, nice to meet you. Bernice, but everybody calls me Bernie. Good to know. What you doing in town? Well, there's, well... It's a really long story, and if you have, like, the next 12 months, I can parse it out in, like, one-hour conversations over the course of a week. Um. <laughs> <laughs> ah, if you got that interesting of a story, then you should become a bard. You shouldn't be a, a what are you, actually? Just just a, I'm a, a dog writer? And while, ah. and while Bay is with me, I was not blessed with her magical singing voice. I kind of heal people and hit things with spectral weapons and go on adventures. And one time I almost got eaten by a dragon. And now we're here. I have occasionally, occasionally I get to burn down heathens, but not really the people, more like the buildings. Not only happened once. And at this point, her face has kind of fallen a little bit. And I'd love you to roll me an insight check. I'm pretty good at insight, I thought. Nope. Yes. No. What's insight under? There's no insight on here. It's, oh, yes, it is. I am pretty good at insight. <laughs> 13. <laughs> As you mention, kind of your adventures and the dragon and the cleric and the healing and the hitting things, you can see she's put two and two together and realizes you're kind of just an adventurer for hire. Her face gets a little more serious. And what you read is a little bit of envy, just a little bit. And she looks at you and she says, Ah, dragon, huh? That must have been fun. Um, when he wasn't trying to eat me, it was pretty cool. I was under the impression that dragons will either talk to you or eat you. Uh, except now I'm pretty sure they'd be pretty happy to do both if you got boring. I mean, what do you do? It must be fun. You've got that axe. Do you chop things with it? She pats the axe that's been leaning up against her side, and she is ripped. She's got forearms that would make Jonathan the Magimuscular blush. Uh, she's got uh, oh this. My. She's a she's a a female uh, human with this mane of red hair that's just kind of at one point at the beginning of the day was obviously tied up into a super tight braid along her back, and now that it's reached the end of the day and she's obviously been sweating and working, it's all kind of frizzed out the front and its strands are coming out the back, and this braid goes all the way down to her waist. She's wearing thick leather clothing, not armor specifically, not to fight off blows and arrows and, and claws, but she seems to be wearing, you know, thick protective clothing. And she she pats the axe that's on the ground. The handle of it is almost as tall as you are. And she says, ah, Steve and I <gasps> chop down trees. Oh, my mace is named Kevin. How come everything we want to hit things with have got to be named like men? Oh, There's something I into that, isn't there? Well, one time I had a throwing knife named Stacy. And you threw her away. Yeah, well, she got stuck somewhere. But every time I threw her, I went, hey, Stacy. It was really funny, except for the people who were dying. <laughs> as long as they were the right people dying, right? Exactly. So you chop trees? I chop lots and lots of trees. What forest do you happen to chop trees in? 
I've been trapping trees everywhere. Recently, we've just been uh, north, just a little bit, kind of over by the hamlet up there. They've got some pretty tall pines that we've been going after. Mostly firewood stuff. It's getting cold. Wait, pine for firewood? Won't that gum up your your chimney? Yeah, but then the chimney sweeps get to do stuff. Yeah, that's true, but oh, lordy be. I'd put hardwoods on the fire any day. Give me a good cedar over a pine. Oof. Oh, man, we had this really big stove when I was little, and my brother put a whole lot of pine in it, and that thing was clogged like the whole winter, and my grandmother almost killed him. Um, But... The chimney suite did charge us a lot of money, so I guess there is something to that. By the way, have you ever been in that forest that's haunted? <laughs> haunted? I don't know about a, a haunted forest. I do know there's a, there's a forest that's a bit further north that we used to be chopping some of the hardwood at. That used to be the, the place that we'd go for some of the better wood. Uh, there's some really nice trees in there that some of the, the carpenters around here would pay us really good money for. But that that place, we haven't been able to go back there in a, in a little while. Why is couple back? couple months. Uh, I haven't been there myself, but my foreman says the place has just gone gone crazy that the you know we usually have a couple people around who have a axe on one side and a sword on another i i don't need no axe no sword i got my axe i'll just hit cheese with an axe and hit axe anything that comes my way i've i've killed lots of stuff i don't care and they said that there's stuff in there that even our our best swordsmen can't handle anymore it's like the whole forest has gone crazy what kind of stuff also do you know the name of that forest uh, Crypt Garden, I think it was called. It's way up north. We haven't been there in, like, weeks, months. Well, would you like to go back? No, not really. Not if there's shit like that all over the place. What if you went back with, like, four other adventurers who've kind of tackled some shit like that? Uh, roll a persuasion check. I swear to God, if I mess this roll up when I have such a huge bonus on persuasion, I'm gonna be 24! <laughs> <laughs> She gives you a long, hard look, and you can see the naked envy in her eyes as she's, you've been talking about all, all your adventures. I'm pretty sure Steve would like to hit something more than just pine. And she nods and she says, Ah, oh, Steve, no, but I've had my eye on a, on a, on a double, double axe for a while. And then she... She kind of shakes her head a little bit as though just clearing her mind of a of a dream. And she says, no, no, you're brave. You're awesome. I wish I could do what you do, but I've got, I got obligations here. I got people who rely on me. I got, I got to bring home, I got to bring home wood so I can bring home the money. And it's not glamorous. It ain't fun. But if I'm gone, if I'm gone and I don't come back, then I don't know what would happen to them. What if, what if, hmm, would you like to meet my friends? I want to make a motion for my friends to come over. Friends, get over here. I walk over. As you motion, she turns to look back and sees who you're motioning at, and her eyes get wide. And now that envy kind of turns to that excitement of, oh, I'm going to meet really awesome people, like almost, oh, famous people. And she says, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, here. And she picks up her bowl, and as Travancore, as you stand up as Bernie's motioning you over, this uh, incredibly tall, red-headed human uh, grabs the, the bowl of stew she's been eating and this 
very large wood wood axe and comes walking on over and immediately comes up to you, hands you the bowl of stew, says, I've been chatting with your, your friend over there. Is that your bear? That is my bear. And she squats down and Shadow kind of half opens an eye. He's still kind of out of it. Shadow half opens an eye and in... In that annoying baby voice that usually people go after, like, puppies with. Uh, usually not giant bears. She goes, oh, who is an adorable bear? And she, like, hasn't even asked you. Just starts petting him on the head and behind the ear. Shadow kind of gives a little... And then just gone back to sleep. Doesn't give two shits. I apologize. My bear has been through quite a bit. I would say he has that effect on people, but I've yet to see that specific effect come from the bear. Ah, oh, no, that's okay. He's just tired. You don't want to be in this town, do you, boy? I totally, I totally understand. I totally, totally get it. And she wipes her hands and stands back up, and you can see that she's an imposing woman. Not only does she have this woodswoman physique uh, and is wearing what is essentially workman's leather armor, the hair that I've described, but she is about six foot four. And when she reaches out to introduce herself, her grip is like iron. And she says, Intala, uh, nice to meet you. I just met your, your pal Bernie over there. I guess you guys had questions about forests and stuff? I shake your hand and I introduce myself. I say, I am Travancore, the Viceroy of Glenmar. Pleasure to meet your acquaintance. Yeah, I've never met a Viceroy before. Am I supposed to curtsy? I don't know if I know what a curtsy. No worries. You don't have to do shit. Well, I'm not going to shit in front of him. He's a viceroy. And she then holds out her hand to Carlton. Carlton, because of her height, she's she's actually almost eye level. And she says, Antella, nice to meet you. Hi, I'm Carlton. She's got a nice grip. You you guys lock hands. It's it's refreshing to meet a human who can grip as strong as you you do. And Jonathan, she comes over to you and says, hey, nice arms. I'm Antella. Hey, Antala, you have nice arms as well. And we both, I would imagine we both like go for the handshake, but we're both shaking very hard. Like we both have just very massive handshake. <laughs> and she, she, she gives you that rough handshake, but she's not, she's not forcing it. When you do uh, mention, I've got nice arms, you've got nice arms. She immediately goes into a flex and she said, oh, these guns, these are my babies. Oh, I, I have similar babies and I go into a similar flex. I go... And she flexes again, and she goes, oh, you got a nice pose, too. Look at that. I haven't tried that one before. Ooh, have, but have you done this and this? <laughs> <laughs> and we break down into into various, like, like poses. Like, urr, 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 urr. It, it looks ridiculous. I want to walk up behind, behind Jonathan, and while he's, like, hardcore posy clinching, just pinch his ass and be like, <laughs> Antala was telling us about the crypt garden forest. Weren't you on Tala? You've been there before. She knows stuff more than Carlton remembered, which was that it's north. Hey, it's been a long time since I've been there. She finishes posing. She takes the stew back from, from Travancore and takes a seat. She says, yeah, well, as I was telling your friend, I haven't been there. I just got a lot of information from my foreman because we, we used to chop wood there a while, way while back. You said you're from there? Uh, yes. The, are you... Between the Sword Mountains and the Crypt Garden in a small village known as South Crypt. It's where I was born. Ah. Grew up in them woods. Ah, gorgeous woods. Great that they were. great wood for furniture. I bet they I bet it is. Good uh say, have you heard of South Crypt before? 
Nope, can't say I have. They got okay. good trees there? No, not so much trees. It's mostly, you know, it was a, a village, so mostly houses. There was a school, a couple farmsteads. Uh, but we were right on the edge of the woods, so we, we hunted. We gathered in the forest. It's uh, where we made our home. We mined in the mountains. We made a, 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 a simple living. We, nothing wrong with that. We were mostly, back when we were still taking trees from that forest, we were mostly on the eastern side. We'd come off the road. We'd grab a couple trees, go back to camp. You know, even even before apparently that place went crazy, it was still kind of a dangerous forest. I mean, I wouldn't want to be hanging out in there unless I knew what I was doing. How long ago did it go crazy? Uh, I'm not sure exactly. I know we used to go out there at least once or twice a year looking for that furniture wood that I was telling you about. Uh, but we haven't been back there in about four or five years at this point. Mm, interesting. Four to five years. Yeah. It's been a little while. But that's okay. I mean, we can go to the Westwood. Uh, we can take a trip to to our deep if we really absolutely have to. And you know, right now all but it Westwood is Westwood and our deep. You just don't have that good hardwood like you did from Crypt Garden. Yeah, but we don't have as much death. Sometimes that's the price to pay. Nah, not for wood. What if we could guarantee like but for a good death. hardwood? Oh my! <laughs> we are proud of our wooden Crypt Garden. From the company that I keep, clearly I don't rest on laurels and titles. Ah, huh? that's okay. Ain't nothing wrong with having a title, too, as long as you don't try to hit somebody with it. Oof. I, <laughs> I've been there before. And she she digs into her stew, and she says, So, wh- why are you guys so interested in the Crypt Garden? You you thinking about becoming woodcutters? Because, you know, I'll, I'll point you to my foreman. I'm sure he'd be super happy to have some more people. Uh, and she looks at Bernie and says, uh, I, I'm, I suspect you're stronger than you look, but you don't seem like the kind that would be chopping down any trees anytime soon, though. Oh, bless Bay, no. I can pick up sticks. That's a thing, right? That they do in the wood? Yeah, we're more for cutting down the big trees, though. I would love to have a conversation with your foreman about what it would be worth to them and their employers to secure the uh, the safety of the Crypt Garden so that people forest, so that people could lumber there again, as it were. Hmm. Yeah, I could give you I could give you his name, or if you want to meet us at dawn tomorrow morning, I'll just introduce you to the guy. I don't know. I know we're contracted through getting the pine for at least the next couple of months, and then I think we're doing some more stuff down south, and then the next time we'd be going back to the Crypt Garden, if we could get back in there, it'd be sometime next year, but, you know, maybe if, if you think we could get in there sooner, you know? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the one who takes care of the business side. I'm more of a hands-on type. Well, without hands, nothing gets done, right? Nah, ain't that the truth. Ain't that all the gods' truths? And she pats her axe next to her, and she says, Steve knows that well. Steve. If if my party has sense, I don't mind uh, meeting with your foreman first thing in the morning. Party? I'm cool with meeting your foreman. Foreman? There's four of them? <laughs> no, there's just one. Uh, which is good, because if there were four, if I had to deal with four guys all at the same time trying to order me around, I think I'd go crazy. Nope, only the one. Seems to be a pretty good guy. But yeah, we, we meet at, at the crack of dawn, first thing in the morning, going out the east gate. Uh, I can't guarantee anything but that I can introduce you to him. But hey, if you, if you want to chat with him, then you meet me there. Very good. We'll should meet you at the east gate. All right. Sounds good. She finishes off her stew, gives you guys a, a round of handshakes, The gives Shadow one last scratch behind the ears and on the head, and, and Shadow finally kind of raises a, his head a little bit and 
gives her a little and then immediately back to sleep. Uh, she picks up Steve and hauls it over her shoulder and says, all right, see you in the morning. Early morning starts. Eh, we'll see what the foreman says. And she leaves. Uh, before we head out or do anything else, are there any tavern games in this bar? None that you can really see. No one's got any gambling going on. This Is seems there to be shuffleboard? No darts. <laughs> ping pong? There's no Some, shuffleboard Sometimes they darts. have ping pong. <laughs> no, the foosball table is completely taken. There's a line of people. That's uh, the only thing in town. Oh, g- wait. Can I put my quarter down to play foosball? You absolutely can, but you're going to be fifth in line. It's going to be a little bit of a wait. Okay, well, we're not. Are we going anywhere now? I want to put my quarter down on foosball. I'm going to go to bed because we're getting up at literally dawn. All right, you guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play foosball before I go to bed. I'm going to hang out with Jonathan for a little bit. I'm going to go out to the room and go to sleep because we're getting up at literally dawn. Oh, I hand burned you one of the dawn. keys. All right, and Carlton, what you doing? Uh, I'm going to be Jonathan's second. <laughs> and uh, Travancore, are you actually we're getting in line foosball. to play? We're playing foosball, we're not dueling. I think I... Right, you play two to a team. I might go up to the room, just let Shadow in there so we can rest and relax and everything, and then I'll come back down later. Okay, you uh, bring Shadow upstairs, he kind of, and he lumbers up, and you enter the other room that that Bernie's not staying in, and there is enough room between the two beds for Shadow to kind of splay out in, and he is very quickly just a bear rug. Okay. (laughs) All right, I I head back downstairs to join Jonathan and Carl, just to watch. I don't necessarily want to play. All right. Takes a little while uh, before you finally have your turn on the foosball machine. Are you guys playing each other or are you playing other people? We're going to, I mean, I don't know how it works. Like, is it like winner stays and loser pays or is it like the people are playing and then the entire group is leaving and then making room for more people to play? It seems like most of the, the matches that have happened beforehand have been friendly matches between friends. There hasn't been any money exchanging hands. Uh, it doesn't seem to be, you know, winners staying. It's basically groups of people, small groups, you know, like a pair or a, a quintet or a quartet coming, walking on up. A couple people play a couple of games. They're drinking on the sides. They're chatting about their day. And then they're leaving. It it, it seems to be the the sober up before going home event. Okay, let's uh, let's play each other then. Okay. All right. We're going to play some foosball. All right. One side of the board is all made up. It's all made up of giants, it looks like. They're all painted in a style that resembles uh, hill giants and storm giants and snow giants and just all kinds of giants. The other side- Giants for days. The other side seems to be, uh, have stylized dragons, and it's just a collection of chromatic and metallic dragons, but they're all kind of in the, the, the same classic pin style, a whole bunch of them on a, on a stick, and the ball that's placed in the middle is actually painted this bright yellow, and want both of you roll me dexterity checks. Go ahead and roll a d20 and add your dexterity. So before we do that, I put a gold on the table and I sit or on the edge and I say, you want to make this interesting? It's like, no, nah, let's just play for fun. Oh. I, I roll my eyes. I'm like, fine, you fucking degenerate. And I slam down a gold piece. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Damn it. That was almost 15. <laughs> All right, Carlton, what'd you roll? 14. And Jonathan? Uh, seven. Actually, hold on, hold on. I didn't add my dex. One sec. Uh, probably still not as high as that. Uh. Unless your dex is plus seven. Yeah, it's not. Uh, So I get a nine. All right. Jonathan, you slap down the gold and 
pretty much as soon as your hands grab the the sides of the sticks, Carlton has scored on you. And you get the sense you were just played. Well, I mean, it's not a one-point game. Foosball, you don't don't play once. This is just round one, my friend. Go ahead and roll two more dexterity checks for both of you. I look at him, I go, okay. And I blow on my fingers. Uh, 20. 19. Dexy beast. Match lasts a little bit longer this time. You, Jonathan, you feel a little bit more prepared. You're able to kind of keep the ball uh, away from your goal for a little bit. But then Carlton managed to do a, a really nice bank shot and just goes right into the goal. I bet you think Orc had moves, baby. I knew you had moves. I didn't go into this blind. You're not hustling me. We're playing a friendly game. That's uh, that's a little uh, that's a little interesting. Let's go again. And one friend is clearly better than the others, I say from the sidelines. Fuck you. Wait, are they playing foosball? <laughs> do they have enough hands to like Are you you doing another round? Yeah, we'll do one more round. Alright, roll me dexterity checks. His thirteen to my eight. Jonathan seems to finally be warming up, and Carlton, you you think you're gonna do something fancy, and he just nails the ball into your goal from halfway across the court. Ah, uh, well, I didn't I didn't pull out the night, but I ended on a win. Good game. So that's that's two out of three, so I win the gold. Yeah. <laughs> so I take his gold and I pocket it. I'm like, I'm actually going to write down on my sheet John's one gold piece. I'm going to keep that forever there. <laughs> Don't worry. When, I'll, I'll get you on trivia night. All right. What would you like to do for the rest of the evening? Travancore, did, did you want to challenge anyone to foosball? Well, you know what the voice was going to play when you guys, if that's okay. Uh, there's one behind us mine, right? Uh, no, the the bar is starting to clear out a little bit. And the, the people that have been coming in, as I said, they've all been kind of hardworking folk. And you get the sense that they're, they've got an early morning the next morning, like... Kind of like Antala. Is there smoking at this bar? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I I pick up a a, a cigar that I had, that I had uh, acquired and I flick a little flame out of my thumb and light it. And as Jack as uh, Travancore is like, "Hey, can I play one of you guys?" And I I look at Carlton and I look at at Travancore and I say, "Well, be my guest." And I I open up the the my side to Travancore. All right. I put another gold down. I'm like Travan buddy. Well, you know what. If you're going to make it interesting, make it interesting. And I put down 10 gold. Whoa! Ho, ho, ho. All right. I'm I'll like, take 10 of your gold. I, I, I'll I'm take 10 like, of your gold. I'm like smoking on my cigar. I'm like, pull it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Travancore takes one side. Carlton takes the other. Uh, out of curiosity, who's who's doing dragons and who's doing giants? I'm going to be dragons because I, I was about to say, giants. clearly, Travancore is dragons, dragons. I mean, look at me. I'm yeah. going to take giant side, obviously. Also, fuck, fuck the giants. Am I right? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Travancore takes his position on the, the dragon side. Carlton grabs the giant side and both of you roll me a dexterity check. Okay. Here we go. Ha ha! Yeah. Oh, shit. 19 and 19. Tie. Wow. Up from the room, you hear Bernie just yell, oh, shit. All right. So both of you rolled a 19? Yep. It is... A hard-fought battle. It's back and forth. Jonathan, you have not seen a match like this go on like this for a very long time. It's so intense that even some of the tired bar patrons come on over and start to watch because it is amazing. And I need both of you to roll another dexterity check. Here we go. Oh! Yay! Oh. All right, Travancore? 13. And Carlton? Uh, eight. After... Several long moments of back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and volleys and stops and just amazing play. Travancore finally manages to spin the ball around one of your players and sinks it into the goal. Going for another? 
Yeah, it's two out of three. Cause... All right. Doing the same thing, then give me another dexterity check. Let's run it back. <laughs> what were the rolls? Uh, it's seven to twenty. Twenty, not natural. Travancore, he does not want all of this attention, and he just sinks this ball within seconds. He he just down. I flip the table. <laughs> Roll me a strength uh, strength check. And I rolled a four. All right, you go, you grab the table, and you go, it's bolted to the floor. <laughs> Good game, friend. And you shake it a bit, a bunch, and it kind of shakes quite a bit, and you hear it creak, but you're, you weren't expecting it to be bolted to the floor. And so you're really surprised, because you were expecting to just flip the whole thing. And as Travancore kind of casually takes the money that you've left there, and, and the crowd disperses, you're you're left with your rage. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to note, Jonathan, the one gold piece was not in that ten. I still have Jonathan's one gold. That's fine. Right. I'll leave you that, because you're, you're a worthy foe. <laughs> would you like to do anything else for the evening? I would like to flag down the last... Uh, bartender or whoever's there and ask them hey who's the best foosball player who's ever played at this uh this bar so the the last one that's there is still actually kind of the only one that you've you've seen this whole night uh gastoc kind of you know thinks about it for a second and he says no one really gets super competitive with that thing but oh, we did have this dwarf that came in here who just played the the ever-loving crap out of that every single night uh, always played Giants. Did did pretty well. Averaged more wins than losses. Haven't seen him in a couple days, though. But yeah, he loved that thing. I take one of my gold, leave it on the table, and I say, if you ever run into this fellow again, tell him Travancore, the vice mayor of Glenmore, wants to play a game of foosball. And he takes the gold and he says, all right, and if that's what you're really into, sure, why not? I'll probably see him again in a couple of days. He tends to go up into the mountains and goes mining with some of his friends. I'll probably be back then. Eh, come back in a week or two. I'm sure he'll be here drinking and playing that game. Much obliged, Gestoc. I have a good night, and I head over to my room. All right, you guys are bedding down for the evening? I believe so. You grab a nice long rest. As I said, the, the beds are decent. They're not quite as comfy as the, the stuff that's in the pocket house, but you know... Nothing is like home. But you manage to get a full night's rest, and you do wake up at the butt crack of dawn. It's the earliest you've had to wake up in a little while. Gather yourself together. And the directions that you were given by Antala was the uh, the east gate. And you're able to... Um, did you want to do anything before you went, or were you just going to head right over to the east gate? I think we head right over. Okay. Even this early in the morning, Waterdeep is bustling. There's carts being filled. There are wagons being prepped. There are storefronts being opened. The The town is coming alive, even as you guys wish you were still asleep. And as you make yourself your way over to the East, east Gate, kind of through the trade ward, you see that there's it's a motley crew of people it seems like it's a bunch of different work crews heading out into the world to do a random bunch of stuff. And it takes you a little bit. Uh, actually, go ahead and roll perception check. Ooh, Okey-doke. I can do perception. I'm pretty good at perception. I perceive shit. 19. I got a six. I got a critical failure. <laughs> so not that good at perception. Carlton? 22. And Travancore? 19. 
And Jonathan? I uh, get a 20. <laughs> and Bernie, what was yours again? I got a six. Okay. Bernie, it's early in the goddamn morning. You're damn right it is. And no one should be up at this hour if they exactly. don't have to be. You don't see shit. Exactly. The rest of you very easily pick out on the left side of the, the main road leading out the gate a group of men and women, and even from this distance, you can see the flaming red hair and imposing figure of Entala. And as you approach the the group, you can see this is a group of about 25 woodcutters. Obviously, they're all, you know, dressed in, in leathers, dressed for the chill of the winter, but also for hauling wood. They've got some oxen hauling carts, which at the moment are empty. And all of them have axes. Some of them have the, the that long, thin, double bladed axe that you saw through giant trees with, which I don't know the name of. And some of them have climbing gear. They're they're all looking to be gearing up. A bunch of them are have backpacks. Some of them do have swords at their sides. As soon as she she sees you, she waves and heads on over and says, Ah, you did. You made it. I had always been told that your adventuring types weren't early risers, but I guess I'm wrong. Here, come this way. We've only got a couple minutes before we head out and I'll introduce you to Jarrett. I, I look all sleepy eyed and I'm like, ah, if some fucking bitch strolls through town yelling bonjour, I swear. Ugh. Ugh. Ah, it's water deep. People, we get bitches wandering through town doing all sorts of crazy shit. But Come look, on, Jared's not crazy. There goes the baker with his tray like always. <laughs> <laughs> We're just not she leads it. you over to a gentleman, and he seems to be a, a human, but he's a little on the short side, definitely next to Entala. He's only about five foot, maybe five one, darker skinned, jet black hair. He is bundled up in furs and has a sheet of paper on a clipboard and seems to be doing a lot of accounting. And as you come on over, the uh, he looks up and he looks at you and he's got kind of these very startlingly blue piercing eyes he takes in Antala and smiles a little bit he takes in all of you looks back at her and just kind of cocks his head and Antala says in a in a surprisingly loud voice these people wanted to talk to you about the crypt garden oh lord why why and Jarrett nods and then looks at you and says who can I help you Hi, Travancore, Viceroy of Glenmore here. We were actually doing a sojourn into that very area, and we were wondering- you know, Travancore, you're, you're interrupted as Antala gives you a very gentle elbow and leans down and says, You're gonna need to be a bit louder, he's a bit harder of hearing. Or you're gonna need to be really, really close. I get a little closer. Not, not so inappropriately close, but close enough that he's able to hear me at my normal tone. And as soon as you do that, he actually leans in- to an inappropriate level, and turns an ear towards you. If we can make it safe to 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 lumber in the crypt garden again, what Fortis? What would it be worth to you? And he checks on his paperwork. He kind of flips through a couple of things, and he thinks for a second, and then he scribbles very fast on a blank sheet of paper and hands it up to you. And you read in common. It says we're not scheduled to go back there until the spring. But if we know it's clear, I might be able to get a reward. I like reward! Do we know how much? <laughs> and he looks at you 
and he kind of leans down towards you a little bit, and he holds his hand up to his ear, and he goes, What was that? I like rewards! How much? And he does some calculations on the sheet. You see him, like, frantically flip through. Travancore, because you're standing right there, you can see that one of the sheets of paper, kind of buried in the stack, does seem to be a work order for dark hardwoods that seems to have, as he flips to it and kind of consults it, you can see it's been an order that's been sitting for a while, for several months, unfulfilled. And he looks at it, and he, he does some mental calculations, and then he goes, I think I could come up with some gold, but I... I can't come up with a hard number in- until I actually get those contracts back. I mean, we were going to go into here anyway, right? Yeah. Very good. I just wanted to see if we could... I mean, I, I say this side to Jonathan. I was just trying to see if we can get something for our trouble just uh, up ahead of time. Well, let's do this. Let's see if we can if we can get a ballpark, and then we'll just go with that, and then maybe we get more, maybe we get less, but we're... This is, this is it's more of a bonus, a bonus adventure... Then you know, it kind of relate, kind of a side adventure to the main plot that also advances the main plot. I don't know; it's weird, but I think <laughs> Travancore's got to get paid. Just saying, <laughs> I, I I understand. Yeah, get paid. Get money, money, yeah, yeah. I, I do, money, I do money. a, I do a very tired like, like make it rain dance. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like, uh, who who summoned coffee this morning? Who needs to do that? I need a summoner! Summoner with coffee! I need a coffee golem! Alright, so party, we're good with going in there. If we're able to clear it, we're able to clear it. This is a side to... Yeah, yes. Okay, then I, I return back to uh, to the foreman and I say, The Heralds of Greenus accept this offer and will do our level best to clear the Crypt Garden Forest. I'm sorry, what was that? The Heralds of Greenus will do oh, our level best. Oh, Louder and slower. <laughs> he He nods and he says, Okay. And he gives you kind of a curious look, and then you see him scribble down a, a, a quick note again and show it to you. And it says, be very careful. Forest full of corrupted. We won't go back unless we know for sure. Corrupted like undead. Like turn undead. Like shit gets lit on fire with my magic. What was that? Nothing. Don't worry about it, sir. You're All fine. Right. At that, I do a old school handshake to him. Look, give him a knowing look without having to communicate anything verbally. <laughs> oh, and he he totally gets that for all of his lack of hearing and raspy voice. He doesn't seem to be that old of a man. And even though he's on the short side, you can now see he's a stocky guy. And he goes and he, he shakes your hand and nods, nods to you, looks up at Intala and kind of gives her a well, this was weird. Look, and she shrugs and she looks at you and says, well, come on back when you know for sure when you got some proof that the place is clear. I'm sure he can probably fill some of those contracts. And then she looks at him and makes a couple of hand signals that none of you recognize. And he nods. And then he starts um, handing out pieces of paper to people. And it seems like the organization of the workday has begun. And I look over to Intala and I say, hey, we come back. Join me and my party for a drink to celebrate our victory. I like this plan. I'll buy the first round. Awesome. All right. Shall we head out, party? I think we move. I, I, walk, along, uh, I walk along Bernie and I'm like, for fucking seriously, we need to get this morning coffee situation figured out. Between, just- between div- your divine magic and my arcane magic, we, could, we should be able to figure something out. I got a box of tea in my pack. Are there any coffee shops at the East Gate or nearby? <laughs> no, you guys are literally 
at Outside. the gate back into the wilderness. So, I mean, you could turn around and go back into water. Jonathan the Magic Muscular makes a note to buy coffee accoutrement uh, for traveling next time. You do have a little silver tin of coffee. You just have... Actually, you know what? In your adventurer's pack, you'd probably have some very basic, like, being able to heat up water. You'd probably have, like, a pan. So you could probably make some coffee if you wanted to stop and build a fire and brew some coffee. You no, could probably do campfire coffee happens, right I'll now. Yeah, no, I yeah. can... I'll, I'll figure something out. Oh, oh, next time I'm at the guild... I'm going to vent a fucking coffee machine. There we go. So how basic are we talking? Like pumpkin spice? Just kidding, enablers. Like what you like. Do you? I I take as a as a as a basic sort of person. I take offense to that. <laughs> My PSL and I'm gonna need a PSL tomorrow. It's gonna be delicious. <laughs> as you guys head out onto the road, heading kind of in a northerly direction, in the vague dis- direction that you know that Carlton's uh, home in the Crypt Guard Forest is. We'll end it there. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter, at Dungeon Drunks, or www.libshark.com. And see you next encounter. <laughs>